It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Hi, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. The Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. And staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. We're going to have some baseball in Mississippi this weekend. Thanks to Southern Miss. Yep. Uh, the number 11 overall uh, seed. They're hosting a regional this weekend. Got LSU, Kennesaw State, and Army coming in there and coaching Southern Miss to that uh, number 11 seed and a chance to host in the postseason. A few wins away from a return trip to Omaha is Scott Barry, head baseball coach Southern Miss, and he's on your radio right now. Coach Barry, I appreciate a little bit of time here on uh, Tuesday, and I'm just assuming that you do have other things you could be focusing on if you weren't giving me some radio time. Am I right? <laughs> hey, I'll always I'll always make time for you, Matt. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate that uh, very much. And look, you know, I know that you're not going around looking for a pat on the back or anything, but <clears throat> I think it's warranted a pat on the back, a tip of the cap for what your baseball team has set you up for. Getting to host is just such a cool thing, isn't it? It is. You know, I couldn't be more proud of our, our players and, and our staff, our administration, our school, our fan base. You know, it's the second time in five years that we've been able to host here at Pete Taylor Park, and it's our sixth consecutive regional uh, if you if you take out 2020, which was the shortened COVID year. So we're proud of what this team's been able to accomplish and continue to build in, in the, uh, the legacy of Southern Miss baseball. What is the week like, you know, leading up to – I mean, is it just the same as kind of getting ready to host somebody on a weekend series, or is it a little bit different? Well, it's a little bit different in the fact that, you know, you have to compile scouting reports. You have to watch video on three different teams because you don't really know how it's going to play out, whereas a normal weekend series, uh, you know, you'd be the same opponent. Unless you were in a tournament there early in the year where you might have three three different opponents, and the same thing would have to take place there, but... You know, that uh, that wasn't part of our schedule this year. You know, everything's been the same opponent on the, on the weekend, except for the conference tournament, which, you know, we'd already played all those guys anyway. So just trying to compile the information on, on Army, which is our first game, and then, of course, uh, the other two opponents, LSU and Kennesaw State, just trying to gain as much information as we can. And, um, you know, as far as a practice schedule, you know, are you at a point in the year where it's it's lighter than it than it normally is, or do you don't change absolutely. a thing? Absolutely, no, okay. it's absolutely. You know, I feel like that less is is better than than more. I think right now, it's the important thing is is as as we say where I grew up, the hay's in the barn. You know, mm-hmm. you've already got everything that needs to be done in, and it's just a matter of going out and continuing to uh, just kind of hit on timing with a lot of things and do it quick and and, in a two-hour period and get out of there. Let them get hydrated, let them be rested, and, you know, come Friday it's going to be a grind again. So we want everything to be fresh with them, both mentally and physically. We're talking with Scott Barry. He's the head baseball coach at Southern Miss. They're going to host a regional this weekend in the first round of the NCAA tournament. 
And, uh, Coach, uh, we have a, a listener named Moore Bully who texts in a question on the Country Please and text line. And he's just curious, like, what sources a coaching staff like yours uses to look into the other teams? Is it watching their games? Is it reading? Is it looking at stats? Like, what do you pull from to scout other teams? Well, we subscribe to Synergy, and uh, that's a, a company that actually it, it, it has video clips of every hitter, every pitcher in Division One baseball. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can go to Matt Wyatt, and I can look at every 2-1 count that you ever faced as a, as a hitter. Wow. You know, if Matt Wyatt is a pitcher, I can look at every 2-0 count, and I can see exactly what you throw. The, the numbers are going to be there, you know, the percentages. Everything you want. There's nothing hidden anymore. I mean, you have splits, which basically is what you hit against righties, what you hit against lefties, and all those things are are very important when you're determining how you're going to pitch a guy or how you're going to to set up and use your bullpen as well. So what you're saying, Coach, is instead of coaching and instead of doing radio, you and I should have invented something like Synergy about 15 (laughs) years ago. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think you're exactly right, uh, because when you subscribe to that, there's a, there's a pretty good price tag on it, but you know what, everybody's willing to, to pay that, and I know a lot of programs that have to go out there and fundraise in order to, to get that service, but it's well worth it, and, it, and it's information that's, that just is, is so valuable, and, and you being able to possibly win a baseball game. Very cool. Scott Berry on your radio right now. Southern Miss is the number 11 overall seed in the entire country. They've uh, of all the teams that are hosting, they are in the top five. The most wins this year, sitting there at forty-three. Only teams like Tennessee and a couple of others have won more games than Southern Miss has this year. And coach, um, you know we've heard the term "big man on campus" before, but in a place like Hattiesburg, whether you'll admit it or not, are you kind of like the big man in town when you get to host a regional? Oh, I don't know about all that. I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, you know. I've been here 22 years, so I've, I've been pretty invested in this in this town. I know a lot of people. I know our sisters when we go somewhere, and they just kind of amazed at, at the amount of people that I know. But like I tell them, you've been in one place for long enough, you'll know a lot of people too. So sure. uh, certainly blessed and fortunate to be in this program and, and in Hattiesburg. It's a, it's a great town and a lot of support. So, um, you know, we just uh, we enjoy it. Selling tickets, no trouble, I would assume. Selling tickets have been no trouble whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people that feel like I'm involved in ticket sales. <laughs> and uh, and so I've had to uh, you know, defer that to the ticket office and tell them I don't have anything to do with tickets. So uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing when things uh, start start spinning this time of year with this. Uh, you know, you're the hot ticket in town and everybody wants to, to be a part of it. And I'm, I'm grateful that they do. You know, this is a, a putting a, a softball up on a tee for you in terms of a question, Coach. But, you know, I guess it's similar to any time we talk to you, this seems to come up. But making sure that 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds are focused on the game right in front of them. And some coaches may have a harder time with that than others, not looking ahead and thinking, oh, this could happen, that might happen. What, what's the message to them? this week or do you have a bunch that you don't have to say anything well you know what we've talked uh and i hope i have drilled it in their head all year long it's the game that we're playing is the most important game no other game 
doesn't matter, and it's not the opponent that we're playing. We're playing the game. The game has to have an opponent. It doesn't matter who's on that chest. The opportunity to go out, play the game, and win the game is what we need to focus on. And when that one's over, then the next one is the most important. So, yeah, I think, you know, we talk a lot about that. I mean, I keep reiterating it to them so that they understand the importance and, and not trying to look beyond what you can control in the present. Certainly, we don't look into the future. I hope we don't look in the past other than to try to learn from things that may have happened in the past, but really just try to focus and, and commit to the present. Sure. And I know that it goes without saying that a, a team like yours doesn't get to this point without a a really high level of confidence, which leads to hits and which leads to wins, having confidence in themselves. When did when did your bunch sort of develop that confidence that that they knew they could they could run out here and be a host and maybe get to Omaha, and maybe win this whole thing? You know, I really don't. I don't really know this year's team. You know, last year I felt like it was the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. It was the it was the two out hit by Gabe Montenegro, the, the triple that drove in two runs, that really tore that wall down. That was keeping us from being a good good team. I really don't know that this year. You know, we've been pretty consistent in all honesty, Matt. You know, we we had a 15 game winning streak at one time. We only lost three times in the month of April. And two of those were the last two days in that month. And uh, that, that happened when our three and five hole hitter were out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. They, they, were, they were hurt. So, you know, this, this team is, is led by some really good older players that were with us last year that carried the momentum from the Oxford Regional here uh, to, to this season and really just haven't, haven't let up. Now, it's not that we haven't had – you know, some situations where, you know, we're disappointed in, in how we played. But for the most part, this is a mature group that has really been consistent. And that's what and that's what we're trying to do. We talk a lot about, you know, not riding a roller coaster of emotions, not getting too high, not too, getting too low. You know, to be able to come out, I talk about Brian Dozier all the time, one of our best players that we've ever had here in All-Star and in Major Leagues. And, you know, Brian, you could walk in the park and you, you wouldn't be able to tell whether he was 0 for 4 or he's 4 for 4. Mm. You know, he learned and just displayed that ability to play the game at such an even keel and not ride that, that roller coaster of emotion. So, you know, we try to talk a lot about that because if you get up caught up in, in what your last at bat did, and, and it's going to affect what your next one's going to be about. Sure. Scott Berry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss, on your radio. Uh, you know, and, and personally, and I'm really not blowing smoke here, but, you know, personally, there are a lot of people I would love to see get to make that trip to Omaha. You're one of them. And, and there are a lot of people that would love to see a guy like Tanner Hall, our, our Ferris Trophy winner, get a chance to go play in Omaha. But you know what, Coach? I, one, two, is I really hope that John Cox gets to call some more games in a radio booth in Omaha, too. In terms of putting time in, does he deserve it or what? Hey, man, let me tell you, walking encyclopedia about Southern Miss sports. I mean, he can tell you everything that's happened over the last 40-some years. I think 44, mm-hmm. to be exact. So I would love for him to be able to call that, too. He loves it so much. That's that's what he lives for. And, uh, and it, it would be really special to be able to do that. I mean, 40-something years is a long time to do anything. <laughs> It sure is. It sure is. I mean, but you know what? If you're doing what you love to do, 
It really is. And I honestly, he loves what he does. Yeah. Well, and you definitely can tell that. Um, and I got to talk to him a couple of years ago. We were working on a, uh, a video piece where we're, we're looking at, you know, 40 years at that time was the mark, a good round number. Of course, it's it's getting closer to 45 now for him. But listen to some of the stories, you know. And that's the thing, too, Coach. A lot of times people may turn on the radio and they hear John in the nice air-conditioned broadcast booth at Pete Taylor Park and they get a certain idea of what it's like and they don't realize that, 30 years ago, he's sitting on top of somebody's dugout holding up an umbrella, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll tell you the stories going to going to a, a store and buying some phone cable <laughs> to run, you know, in St. Louis. He loves to tell that story yeah. at that park and, and running from a from a phone deal, Jack, to, to out there to a table for him to announce. So yeah. he's got all kinds of stories, and they're all good. Yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. Coach, um, in, back on the diamond, um What's in terms of managing arms, and you never know. I mean, you're taking it one game at a time. That determines the whole weekend. But when you could possibly play a whole bunch of games on a weekend as opposed to just three, um, different approach, similar approach, how do you approach how you're going to use people and plan on it, especially in game one against a four seed? Yeah, I know. I think, you know, the most important thing is, is and, you know, I, I can't, see into the future and, and see what the score is going to be in the fifth inning on Friday right now. But I know going into it, um, it's a must to win Friday. Mm. I mean, you don't want to get in a loser's bracket, certainly. So, you know, you want to do everything you can to win win on Friday. And, you know, what the score of the game is and how you manage it at that point, you know, that's kind of trying to look into a crystal ball. So, you know, I just I just try to really keep things simple and uh, – and, and, and in, in saying that, uh, you know, I, I'm very honest in telling you, you know, we just we need to, to win on, on Friday, and we'll do everything we can to, to do that, use the people that we feel like that will help us do that. Yeah, almost the approach of, hey, there is no such thing as game two. There's just game one, I guess, right? If, if you stay with the philosophy that we've had all year, that's the most important game that we're playing and the most important game on our schedule, then certainly you don't want to waver from yeah. that and just – continue to try to be consistent with with what you've done so far throughout the year sure scott berry head baseball coach southern miss on your radio you have lsu coming in as the two seed which is going to bring eyeballs and attention it's going to bring excitement it's going to bring fans wearing purple into hattiesburg all that and and i know you have experience before facing uh, lsu what about Coach Jay Johnson, you know, first-year coach at LSU, and he spent all that time at Arizona. Is he somebody who y'all's paths have crossed in the past? No, I've never met Jay. Um, I, you know, I certainly uh, watched him from afar when he was at Arizona, and I know he came in to start all that time. And mm. I believe it was a super regional maybe. I can't remember. It was, yeah. Uh, but advanced on from there. Uh, really good baseball coach. Uh you know, when when they hired him at LSU, uh, you know, I knew that he he probably had the the uh, the ability to manage that that fan base. If if he didn't, he needed to take a quick lesson in it as well. But you know, a really good baseball guy. I just have heard a little bit about their club through common opponents that have played them. Uh, you know, obviously, I think you know they at the beginning of the year offensively was what they're going to be their strength. Uh, you know, I don't know if they've played out like that over the course of the whole season. 
uh, with, with that. And, you know, it's hard to do that. But I know that you have some tremendous personnel there uh, on their team and in their lineup. And, you know, certainly uh, we'll be able to watch them, uh, you know, before and if we play them. We'll be able to watch both those teams themselves in Kennesaw State the game after us and get a little better feel on who they are. Sure. And last thing, Coach, um, you know, we look every year and three Division One baseball teams here in the state of Mississippi are always in the top 25 in attendance. We say it until we're blue in the face, but we're really celebrating it, that nobody in the country supports college baseball like the people in the state of Mississippi do. Um, so I'll ask you this question again that I've, I've asked you before. We'll kind of go down that path again. Why is it? Why do people, why do Southern Miss fans love baseball so much? You know what? I, I think all, I think a lot of it has to do with the venues mm. that it, it puts a closeness. You know, I, I know at our place you have the right field roost and it's like tailgating inside of a game. You know, in football, you tailgate on the outside of the stadium. You have to leave the tailgate. Some people don't. Yeah. But, you know, you have, you have to leave the tailgate to go in and watch the game. Well, at our venue, you can tailgate and still stay right there and watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you've got to give credit to Hill Denson, 100%. Hill had a vision back several years ago when he took over in the mid-'80s of, of making this something special. Now, he probably piggybacked off from Ron Polk's vision at Mississippi State, in all honesty, uh, because you know, I'll credit Coach Polk for so much and, and those other guys in his era, Ron Frazier in Miami, and, uh, and, and a few others that just were trailblazers for college baseball and, and really planting that seed for what we all see today. And uh, so... Um, but Hill's vision here was to create an atmosphere that people love to come and watch good baseball. And certainly that seed planted, and it has continued to grow. Coach Palmer took over for Hill. His commitment to, to making Southern Miss baseball what it is continued to, to, to thrive under his leadership. And then I was so fortunate to work under him and, and also in this area with Hill just to learn from those two guys on how to pick up the baton and continue on with it, in all honesty. But, you know, that Southern Miss, the state of Mississippi, you know, I just think it's just it's that a lot has to do with the venues. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with the Little Leagues. I mean, you can drive around any town in Mississippi, north, south, east, or west, and when you're going through there at night, you're going to see Little League lights on. And it's just, it's just who we are. I mean, in all honesty, and you alluded to it, there's not another state out there, if you take the biggest three programs and combine their total attendance, that'll outdraw the three in the state of Mississippi. Nobody. Mm. And then, you know, you start going down the levels. you got Delta State, which is a very good program. You've got William Carey here in our backyard, very good program, among others that are four-year schools. And then you have the junior college system that routinely puts out people that go to national tournaments. You've got Pearl River in the Division II tournament right now, and he in Oklahoma represent Mississippi and have, you know, the past couple of years. So baseball is just strong, and people, you know, they love their baseball, but I think it starts from the, the time that those kids are little 
to uh, to the dreams of becoming a Division One player. You, no doubt about it. What a great answer. Well, Coach, look, thanks so much. Um, good luck this weekend. I can't. I'm going to try to make it down and and hopefully get to you know bump into you and say hello. And if nothing else, maybe the folks in the right field roost will give me something to eat. That's what. Oh, I well, there's. Uh, I guarantee you, they'll give you anything you want out there to eat. So you need to take advantage of that. And I hope you drop by the office if you're in town. I'd love to see. You. Yep, we'll do. Thanks, Coach. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. It's Coach Scott Barry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss. You know they just don't come any better uh, than Coach Barry. And you know you talk about a guy who, on a on a personal level, um, has a positive impact on all the people that he's coached and worked with and in town and run into whether it's on his team or another team he's that guy and and then on top of that too just gets it just gets it has put his nose down and worked and worked and worked and worked over the years and when a program like that has the year they've had this year on the back of a guy like tanner hall and others they're easy to pull for and uh in fact more bully uh, I'm not making this up. More bully on the country pleasing text line just texted and said swapping out maroon and white for black and gold for the postseason. Whoa! That's what I'm talking about. That's big. That's big right there. But he's not the only one. We're pulling for Coach Barry and the Golden Eagles. It's easy to pull for him against LSU, isn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> Who knows what we might see? This could be fun. One game at a time. All right. Just getting started. Hour number two in the Bureau. Stick around. We'll be right back. And here comes Matt Wyatt up to the plate. The pitch. All right, back with you. Live in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Hit me up. Feel free to shoot me a text on the Country Please and text line, Country Please and Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast, 601-885-ESPN, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059, Give me a shout. Love to hear from you. All right. Jay on the text line said, to the top, oh, and Hale State. And some folks, we're going to be pulling for Southern Miss in this postseason. What about Ole Miss? Y'all, Ole Miss is in the postseason too. <laughs> they're not hosting, but they're in. Don't pull for them. Hey, I do need to backtrack here just a minute. Um, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, sent me this. I don't know where he is, but it's a picture of a snake. The man likes snakes. He said, I found a friend over the weekend. By the way, it says it was so hot in the Red Rock Mountains of Sedona that even the rattlesnakes were taking a dip in the creek. So that's a rattlesnake swimming in the creek. Look at that. 
Jason in Flagstaff says, uh, the juxtaposition of the Miami Hurricanes potentially running from a minimal tropical storm is making my head hurt. <laughs> yeah. The thing about it is, it's baseball, though, right? I mean, it's, it's not that we can't take the wind and the rain. It's that you can't play baseball out here in that stuff. It's a little different than football, right, Jason? Sven wanted me to pass along to Coach Barry, uh, good luck in the regionals. Now, he may even be listening. Sven, who knows? John said, John's talking about something else. What, football? He's talking about football. Look, i just tell you this. Okay, so while the show's – that's one thing about the live streams, while the show's going on, some people actually have their own conversations in the comments, which makes it fun. They're talking football while we were doing a baseball interview. <laughs> Sammy said, it'd be nice for the state of Mississippi to have back-to-back national college baseball champions, Mississippi State and in Southern Miss. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, and like I said, if you were to just look at fan support, there's a lot of different things you could point to. And, you know, uh, sports doesn't care what we think about who deserves what. But if you just look at support and interest and fan support for the sport of college baseball, this state is, is just different. Okay, let's look, for instance, here. Let's look at, just for instance, the top 16 seeds. These are all the host sites this, uh, this coming weekend. We got any states out here doubling up? Tennessee, the only team from Tennessee hosting. They are the one. Okay, so the state of Florida has multiple hosts because you've got Miami at number six and you have Florida at 13. Texas has multiple hosts. You've got Texas A&M at five. You've got Texas at nine. Okay. Right. And then you look at the others. Uh, Georgia has one. California has one team hosting. Oregon has one team. Virginia, which is Virginia Tech. You got Oklahoma State from Oklahoma. Oh, you got two from North Carolina. Because you got East Carolina and North Carolina. So North Carolina's got two teams from their state hosting. You got one from Kentucky, that's Louisville. One from the state of Alabama, that's Auburn. Maryland, and then you've got a team from Georgia at 16, that's Georgia Southern. Uh, of course, in uh, Mississippi has two teams in the tournament field. I just thought I'd look and kind of see where the host sites are from. Generally south and southeast, right? with the exception of California and Oregon. Tennessee, look where they are geographically, too, if you were looking at a map. All over there in the lower and right-hand side, right, for the most part. Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Texas, Texas A&M, Miami, Florida, Oklahoma State, East Carolina, Texas, North Carolina, Southern Miss, Louisville, Kentucky, Florida, Auburn, Maryland, Georgia Southern. Oh, no, by the way, Stanford? Oregon State. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of where those are in terms of host side. But look, it's it's true. You can't find, just like Coach Barry said, maybe Texas. If you look at the top 25 
in college baseball attendance every year, you're going to have in the top 25, you're going to have two or three teams in that top 25 from Texas, aren't you? Probably, you know, whoever, A&M, Texas, maybe who? Texas Tech? Yeah. But it's Texas. Okay? By the same token, every year, top 25 in college baseball attendance, who, who is it in the top 25? Mississippi State, Ole Miss in the top five, Southern Miss in the top 15 or top 20. They're putting five, 6,000 people a game in there on you know big conference weekends in Hattiesburg at Pete Taylor Park. So, and, and we're talking about three from a state with less than three million people in it total. You can find more people in Dallas than this whole state. Yet we're all going to the ballpark and buying tickets to go and watch a college baseball team. All of us. All y'all, as they say. There's just no comparison in the way it is supported and attended and pushed and talked about in this state compared to others. There ain't no comparison. And, and we don't even have to do per capita. That's what I'm saying. The per capita even makes it more clear that baseball is just a, college baseball is just a bigger deal here. You do per capita. We don't have to do per capita. Yeah, TCU, Sven, that's right out there. You know, they, they support it too. But still, you know, the state of Texas, Florida, California, still they're not putting the same amount of people in there total as our top three are in Mississippi. We got... 2.9 million people here. That's it. It's pretty incredible. I mean, it really is. And, and I thought Coach Barry made a great point when I asked him the question, why is it? And the first thing he pointed to was the venues. And every time I've ever tried to look at this in the past, and we've talked about it here on the show in the past, we come up with reasons and that sort of thing. We never start there, do we? We always start at other stuff. Okay, well, success, you know, proximity, youth baseball, tradition. I don't know. We like to go outside. You know, I mean, we always start on these other things. We've never really started the conversation about the venues. But that's where he started. He said, I think you look at the venues. Okay, so, and, and maybe it's a chicken or the egg thing, because the venues are sort of a byproduct of the interest, maybe, but and attendance, but. Maybe not. It's not like they built 20,000-seat stadiums. I mean, there are other places with as many seats capacity-wise. It's just that they're not selling every standing room-only ticket they can sell at these other places. But you are in Starkville and Oxford and in Hattiesburg in a lot of cases. So the venues, look at Duty Noble, what it was before, certainly what it is now. Look at Vaught-Hemingway. From a grandstand perspective, a sweet perspective, an outfield perspective, you look at Southern Miss, like he's talking about. Right field roost, he pointed that out. It's a really good point. Same thing at Ole Miss, same thing in the lounge at State. you got a tailgate atmosphere while you're watching the game, not like football, a tailgate atmosphere outside of the game. I think it's really a good point. Nothing like it around here. Nothing like it. All right, so 
Let me look at the SEC teams, too, by the way. So Tennessee is the one seed. Who's going to Knoxville? Georgia Tech is the two. Hey, the Camels of Campbell, who were in Starkville last year. They're the three. <laughs> Congrats, you get to the Knoxville. And uh, Alabama State from the SWAC is the four. Yeah. They are opposite of Georgia Southern, by the way. Notre Dame is the two-seed in that Georgia Southern deal. So you could have a Tennessee-Notre Dame deal. Texas out in Austin, they are hosting La Tech as the two. The three is Dallas Baptist. Look out now. And four is Air Force. East Carolina, they got Virginia, Coastal Carolina, and Coppin State. Texas A&M in College Station, they're the one hosting TCU at two. Louisiana, ULL the three, and then Oral Roberts a four. That's a tough one. That is a tough regional for a national seed right there, in my humble opinion. Florida, the Gators, who they have? Whew. They're hosting Oklahoma, the two. Liberty, a three. Central Michigan, a four. That's a tough one there. Auburn. They're going to have UCLA coming in there as the two. Florida State as the three, and then Selah, Southeastern Louisiana, as the four. That is a tough, tough regional for the Auburn Tigers hosting that bunch. Arkansas. Congrats, Oklahoma State. You get to have the Arkansas Razorbacks in there as your two seed. That's no fun for them. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Arkansas wins that one. Stanford got a pretty good draw, though. You see that? Stanford, the two seed. They get Texas State, UC Santa Barbara, and Binghamton. All right, we'll wrap things up next with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. He's going all the way. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. With playoff caliber sports talk, it's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right. Here we go, letter rip, tater chip. Welcome back into the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Uh, Matt, Bill is here. Hey, Bill, you were telling me, we need to give a shout out to some wonderful people who made it all happen last week at the state baseball championships at Trustmark Park in Pearl. That was the grounds crew who, who, especially early in the week last week, had their work cut out for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, they actually, uh, between every game, had to bring the field back to pristine condition. They did it 13 times. <laughs> 13 over times the, in? Over the whole thing. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Sunday, they play on Sunday? They played one game on Sunday because the only game that went to three was Northwest Rankin and DeSoto Central. Okay. But uh, before each game, after when one game went in, and they'd be right on the field getting it ready for the next game. And kudos to them. They, they made it look beautiful out there. It was in great playing shape by the time they got finished with it. 13 games in six days. 13 times they had to fix the field, get it ready for playing. Um. So over in uh, Hoover last week at the SEC tournament, Bill, during that same time? You know, and of course, they really had a rough week in Hoover weather-wise. Oh, yeah. So with the grounds crew, a friend of my dad's from down in South Alabama, who every year for the last six, seven years, it seems like we'd go to the SEC tournament, we'd see him, his name's Jeff, and we'd see Jeff over there 
and he would sit and watch a lot of the games with us. And he's a, you know, former coach and educator. Well, anyway, this year he up and figured out a way. He volunteered for the grounds crew for the SEC tournament. It's a volunteer job. And so, like that first day I was out there, my dad sent me a text and said, Hey, look for Jeff. He's down there, you know, working on the grounds crew. And I saw him. He was out there uh, using a, a raking around home plate and then, you know, dragging the infield. And I thought to myself, I know it's a job, I know it's manual labor. Okay. But it seems like that would be a pretty fun thing to volunteer for, doesn't it? I mean, you get to go out on the field and work the field and, you know, paint the lines or whatever they need or, <laughs> you know, pull the tarp when you get a rain delay and drive the gator and go get this and go get that and rake home plate, pull that drag around the infield. I, I, I think I would love to volunteer for that because it's not like it's a permanent deal. You're going to do that all year long. <laughs> it's just one week. I may volunteer next year. If it weren't for this little thing called a radio show, I'd volunteer, say, on the, on the ground screw. That's my excuse. But I still, I think I would be fun to do. But yes, to all of those that were part of the ground crew at Trustmark Park at Pearl last week, hats off to you. Way to go. Way to go. Every one of you. Same thing if you know anybody who was on the grounds crew in Hoover. Man, they had their, they had their work cut out for them. All right. Hey, Bill, here's your blast from the past. All righty. This day, 1990. Okay, so 90, we're talking about a long time ago. This day, 1990, the first episode of this popped up on TV. <laughs> You know, and when I think about Seinfeld, okay, of all the Seinfeld episodes, I don't know that I've ever seen the first one, like the very first one. I can't remember that one either. So it's not the pilot. Okay, we're not talking about the pilot. We're talking about the first real episode when they put it on NBC. This day, May 31st, 1990. Show about nothing. (laughs) The title of it is The Stakeout. (laughs) Jerry and George stake out the lobby of an office building to find a woman Jerry met at a party, but whose name and phone number he didn't get. He is determined to go to great lengths to try to woo her again. (laughs) That's the whole plot. It's a show about nothing. But that yeah. was the first one on this day in 19. Memorable ones, the puffy shirt and Elaine dancing. Yeah. And, of course, the master of my own domain. domain. <laughs> right. uh, the Dingo <laughs> Babies. Lot, yeah. They had a lot of good shows. It was a show about nothing, show though, about pretty nothing. much. Just everyday life in their mm-hmm. world. You know, like the... Hello, Newman. One of, in Newman. <laughs> Remember when uh, and when Kramer got the car tag? He had the car tag, you know? Yeah. So you could park in the proctologist parking space <laughs> over the hospital. Remember that? <laughs> it's craziness. Yeah, I saw one of the earlier shows, and he didn't have this stand-up hairdo. He didn't? Until later. And one of the earlier shows was on the other day on one of the channels. And he came in, and he had just a regular haircut. 
yeah. didn't quite look as crazy as he did later on. He still busted through the door over here. <laughs> that was his big entrance. Yeah. You see, like they had one um, where the episode was all about Jerry had met this woman. He was dating his girlfriend or whatever, and she had like if you if you looked at her from one side, she looked really pretty. But then when you looked at her from another angle on the other side, she didn't look pretty. Yeah, and I, I remember that one. That was what do they call her? Two faced or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And then the other one was he was dating this woman that he met, or he wanted to date her, and she was nice and just pretty and pleasant and sweet and everything. But she had abnormally large hands. Remember yeah, that? I was gonna say, the big hands <laughs> one. That was really good. And then when they showed the hands, of course, it was close up of some man's. Hands. Some man's hands, you know? Yeah, yeah. crazy. Okay, two years later, this day, 1992, they ended this particular show with its final episode. You know what I just noticed? Okay, this is Night Court. Yeah. Final episode Harry of Harry Anderson. Bull, you know. Yeah. John Larroquette. Final episode of Night Court aired on this day, 1992 on NBC. But I just noticed something. This is the Night Court theme song. Yeah. And you notice the way it starts, it has a very Seinfeld-esque yep. sound to it. Sure does. Okay, so two years earlier, Seinfeld debuts. Okay, and Night Court's been going on. See what I mean? There's some similarities there. Now, look. For y'all that are tuned in on the live stream right now at this point, here on the back end of the show, just understand, we do this a lot. We, it has nothing to do with sports. We, we play entertaining sound clips sometimes. There's sometimes the idea that Beaver, if you didn't know, Beaver, a producer on other shows, might have wandered into the studio. We like to play sound clips because he's let it be known in the past that he doesn't like Repeating sound clips. <laughs> Last time he was here and I made this statement, I said, Beaver hates it when we use sound clips. He came in the studio to defend himself. He says, no, I don't hate sound clips or sound bites. What I hate is using the same ones over and over again. <laughs> Unless, of course, it is... King of the Hill. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, and you got then on there, man, you go click, 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 it's real easy. It's real easy, man. It's real easy. All right, let's hit the phone line. Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means Divinity has been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Right here at Divinity. The number, 995-1059-601-995-1059. Brandon on line one. Thanks for calling, Brandon. What's up? What's up, guys? How are y'all today? Just right. Oh. Hey, talking about Seinfeld, um, one of my, I guess, favorite shows, so many to choose from, it's like The Office, but one of my favorite episodes is when, uh, I don't know where he came up with all this stuff, but Kramer got those gallons and gallons of, of pork and beans <laughs> and fed it to that horse and buggy that he was driving through New York as an odd job or whatever. Okay. And yeah. he talked Jerry into bringing one of his girlfriends on the ride. 
and that horse kept farting. Do you remember that one? Well, I think I do remember it now that you mention it. Yeah, the horse had a gas problem. Yeah. And it ruined Jerry's date. Totally. No, I don't think she ever even called him back. You know, he always had... Y'all have a good day, man. You too. Kramer always had something going on with food things. Like one time it was... What was his big idea was the muffin store kept throwing out... What were they doing? They were throwing out the muffin bottoms. Like they were taking the muffin tops and selling those and throwing the muffin bottoms out. So he had some business idea for the muffin bottoms. He's going to... He had that. And then another one where he... There was this ridiculously good fruit that was only sold in one place or something like that, you know, and he has to get in on it. He's always pulling some food stunt. Jason, I agree with you. Jason in Flagstaff, Country Please and Text Line, uh, says... Uh, Night court's night court is ridiculously underrated. Yeah. Walt he knows Seinfeld. He called it the Beef Arena. <laughs> That's what it was. Beef Arena, yeah. Beef Arena. <laughs> That's great. And to this day I still don't understand the final episode. No, I don't think anybody does. I think that was the whole point. I think uh, that was, yeah. Uh H Day earlier we were talking about volunteering on the grounds crew. He said, volunteering is all about the kids. I volunteer baseball, football, and golf. and will continue to as long as they'll have me. Love the show. I see. So, you know, at sporting events for kids, volunteering, grounds crew, all that kind of stuff. Listen, uh, let me give you just sort of a glance, just a, a quick glance at maybe tomorrow. There will be some content from SEC spring meetings in Destin. The coaches are down there. Jimbo Saban mentioned it earlier. Today, meetings are happening, so what will happen is you'll have some comments, whether it's an interview or, you know, somebody will write about it, and some of these things and will, will come out. I think you will have some substance regarding the future football scheduling model. Hopefully, that's something we can look at tomorrow, too, with a little bit better idea of what direction the conference is going to go, hopefully, and we'll kind of go from there. So I'm looking forward to that. And we'll continue to preview baseball as we get closer to the weekend, too. It's going to be big around here. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I had a blast. Hope you did, too. For Bill, I'm Matt, and everybody here on the show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'll see you tomorrow in the Bureau.